We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, everybody? Happy Thursday! Welcome back into the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here. It feels like it's been a few days since I actually got to talk to you guys uh, just one-on-one. I know Ross and Jacob and Jake did such a tremendous job filling in on the Scouting Combine uh, episode, and then obviously had the opportunity to talk to Perry yesterday, which was awesome. But uh, good to be back and just being able to talk a variety of different things with the Green Bay Packers. Clearly, the biggest topic remains Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets and what's going to happen next. And after a extremely, extremely fast and furious Tuesday, where it seemed like every five minutes there was some sort of update of the Jets going down to Cali and these conversations and what it all meant. Wednesday was fairly nondescript. And unfortunately, if you're a Packer fan, which I'm assuming most of you are, it was uh, more kind of bad news than good news. And it kind of picked off, it picked up, I should say, where I kind of left off with Perry in our conversation yesterday. And that's just pushing caution on Anyone that's expecting this haul of draft capital for Aaron Rodgers if this trade does come to fruition. Now, good news first, if you're hoping for a trade and hoping for some sort of haul for Aaron Rodgers, 
on the Pat McAfee show, Mike Greenberg, noted Jets fan, was on, and he did say, quote, Woody Johnson is doing everything it takes to get Aaron Rodgers. So that is a good sign if you are hoping that Green Bay is going to be able to complete a trade with the Jets, and if you do want some draft capital and stuff in return, right? If Woody Johnson is all in, and we know that he tends to be an owner that is going to do everything in his power to make stuff like this happen, well, then that is a great sign for Green Bay. And this does, as we talked about, wreak a little bit of desperation for the New York Jets, right? And they are seemingly all in on Aaron Rodgers, and that would hopefully push up the costs for Aaron and make it so that the Jets are really doing everything in their power to get him to New York, which again, if you're a Packer fan, hopefully includes some significant draft capital or players, whatever it may be to compensate you for the services of Aaron Rodgers. However, as I mentioned yesterday when talking to Perry, and as I've mentioned on numerous occasions, I would just preach caution when it comes to this. Now, we saw that come to fruition in a couple different reports. One was from Mike Garofolo from NFL Network, where he said the Packers are not asking for an offer they can't refuse. Basically, that Green Bay just wants to get off of Aaron Rodgers at this point. They are more than happy to facilitate a trade of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, and they don't need some be-all, end-all deal that's going to be franchise-altering or anything like that. They understand that this is a complex situation that Aaron, if this does come to fruition, wants to go to New York, that Green Bay wants him to go to New York, that New York wants him to go to New York. So it doesn't necessarily need to be this make-or-break deal, right? So that was one of the reports from Mike Garofolo. Albert Breer also said, quote, I don't think the Jets will have to give up this year's first round pick. I did mention some maybe conditional picks in the future that maybe could go up if Aaron Rodgers succeeds in New York this upcoming season, or maybe if he ends up playing in 2024, there are some different you know escalators that could kick in based on Aaron Rodgers' performance or his propensity to come back and actually play next year. So there could be a conditional pick. We've talked about that in the past as well. But Breer saying it would not be the Jets' first round pick this year. Even if it is the first round pick, it could be that Green Bay, and this is me talking here, not Albert or Garofolo, um, even if it is this year's first, it could be that Green Bay has to kick in some additional stuff. Maybe it's maybe it's the Jets' first round pick for Aaron Rodgers and a fourth round pick or something like that where it's they still get that first round pick, but it's not quite full first round value. There's a lot of different options at play here. The overarching thing that I want to put out there, right? If you're a NFL general manager and I get the Jets are desperate and I get the Jets are the Jets and I get that the Jets do not have a good quarterback nor another good option out there if Aaron Rodgers does not go to the Jets, right? I get exactly the situation that you're in, but put yourself in an NFL general manager frame of mind for just one second. How many players in this league in general, in general, right? Would you be willing to give a first round pick and a $60 million overall contract for, for just one year of their services, right? Would you give for Patrick Mahomes, right? If I could tell you any team in the NFL right now that you could have Patrick Mahomes for one season, just this upcoming season, that's it. It's going to cost you 60 million in salary cap, 15 mil this year, 45 mil next year. All right. 60 mil total. And a for your first round pick this year, which happens to be in, in the Jets case, a top 15 pick, all right? Would you give up a top 15 pick and over 60 million in salary over the next two seasons for one year of Patrick Mahomes? Maybe, 
Patrick Mahomes is pretty freaking good, and that's going to give you a real shot to win a Super Bowl, but you get one shot at that thing, right? Now, maybe you do it for Josh Allen, maybe you do it for Joe Burrow, but you are giving up a lot for just one season. If it is a franchise-altering, one-year-altering player that can go out and win you the Super Bowl for that one year, maybe you consider it, but you would better win the Super Bowl that year. Now, you could say Aaron Rodgers is in that same stratosphere of players that you would potentially trade for, and maybe you're right, possibly, but you are talking about Aaron coming off the worst season that he's had, and yes, some inexperienced wide receivers, a broken thumb, poor ribs, a lot of stuff went into that. It wasn't just Aaron, but even in Aaron's health, and even when we saw the wide receivers playing better at the end of the year, we didn't necessarily see the same Aaron that we've seen during those MVP seasons. So if you're an NFL GM, if you're going to give up $60 million in salary over two seasons, a first round draft pick, a top 15 pick, and you know, basically hand your franchise over for one season of Air Rush. And you might be thinking, Andy, 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 it could be more than one season. Yes, it could be more than one season. However, based on what Aaron has done every single offseason for the past few seasons, as a general manager, you cannot bank on that. Even if Aaron tells you in a meeting, hey, I, I plan on playing the next two seasons, Aaron's not even sure right now that he wants to play this season. Like, you cannot go off of that. You could easily get to a situation next offseason where Aaron had some sort of injury that came up this year where he just decided he can't play at the highest of levels that he wants to play at. And that, and not even like a significant injury, just like something that is going to be bothersome for him for the remainder of his career. He could just have a change of heart. He could just be like, you know what? I, I realized that I, my heart's not in football anymore. There could be a variety of different things. If you're a GM, you have to take this as a one-year deal. So as a GM, are you willing to give up an exorbitant contract, a top 15 draft pick for one year, because that's how you have to consider it, of Aaron Rodgers? And like I said, if you told me as a as a GM, if you told me that I got one year of Patrick Mahomes for that price, for a top 15 pick and 60 million in salary over two years, if you told me that, I would, I'm not sure that that would be something that I would do, even if even I was in the Jets situation where they have a, a defense that's ready to go. And I know as Packer fans, you might be thinking, well, if I'm the Jets, it's going to give me a shot at a Super Bowl. Like I, I, I'm going to take that shot. I'm going to give myself a shot at the Super Bowl. Okay. Maybe. I Maybe I understand that. But let me ask you this. If Aaron Rodgers tomorrow is traded to the New York Jets, are you putting them on the top of your list for Super Bowl contenders in 2024? or 2023, excuse me, 2023, 2024, because I certainly would not be. I don't know that I would have them, I don't know that I would have them winning the NFC or the AFC East. I would have the Bills ahead of them in the AFC East if they made that trade tomorrow. I would have the Bengals still ahead of them. I would have the Chiefs still ahead of them. I would have the Chargers in the conversation at least. Like this is not, this is not a Jets team where you're like, we get X guy and we're winning the Super Bowl. Does it give them a chance? Sure, absolutely. But it also, they're more likely to finish, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth in the AFC and have a very, very tough playoffs that includes going against Josh Allen's Bills, Joe Burrow's Bengals, Justin Herbert's Chargers, Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs. There's no guarantees in that AFC that you're going to even get out of the first round. So yes, I do think that this gives them a puncher's chance, 
but I'm not putting them as the top of the Super Bowl favorites because they get Aaron Rodgers. I'm not even necessarily putting them in the top four or five. So you have to be very careful as a GM to do this all-in type of move for one year of a player. And when we talk about all of these other deals, and you can point to Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, uh, you can point to uh, you know, all the deals that the Panthers did, you know, with Sam Darnold going, you know, there have been a lot of bad quarterback deals that have taken place. And in a vacuum, Aaron Rodgers is very clearly worth multiple, multiple picks and a first round pick plus, right? But when you attach it to that contract and you attach it to the year he had last year and you attach it to a player that's almost turning 40 and you attach it to a player that has been so wishy-washy with wanting to play each year that you can only consider it as a one-year investment, that all of that built-in value for Aaron Rodgers just starts coming down. And the good news, if you're wanting good news, as I've said before, and I'll say it again now, the good news is the Jets do seem desperate and desperate teams do very stupid things. And while reasonable minds can argue that, hey, maybe a first round, a top 15 pick, a top 13 pick for one year of Aaron Rodgers at this stage of his career probably isn't a good idea. We also have to remember that stupid teams do stupid stuff all the time. We just saw Carson Wentz go for more than a first a year ago. So you, listen, nothing would surprise me. And it's very possible that Aaron does get more, a you know, first round pick plus. Maybe it's just the first, maybe it's whatever. But I just want to pump the brakes. And we're, the reason I'm going over this again is Mike Garofolo and Albert Breer both basically reporting the same thing is that the Packers aren't looking for this all-in sort of offer. And that they don't think, Albert Breer doesn't think, that Green Bay is going to get a first round pick. And if that, that, if that is the case, there's a lot of reasons that support that as to why Green Bay might not be getting that first round pick from the Jets. I will love to see that first round pick from the Jets. It does me no, it does me no uh, favors and it does gets me not excited to say that Green Bay could get less. Like, heck, I would like to see I would love to see a first round pick and Elijah Moore and a conditional pick for Rodgers and the offloading of Darnell Savage. But I just personally, I just don't think that's going to happen. All right. So we did have a few pieces of Packers news uh, per um, Rob Domovsky. And I think it was actually per, uh, I think it was like a Western Michigan, like a Michigan uh, newspaper as well. But the first one is the Packers hire Tim Lester as senior analyst. I have been begging the Packers to find some sort of senior analyst, senior consultant, etc. They do get one. He is the former Western Michigan head coach. So he does have head coaching experience. And that's kind of what you're looking for. Is just another mind to throw things off of. Somebody that, as when you're head coach, like Matt LaFleur, and your head is split in a thousand different directions, and you're making sure that things are going well with the special teams, with Rich Passaccia, and the defense is doing their thing, and the offensive line is doing their thing, and your red zone planning, and all of it, right? Plus, you have to coach the team, get ready for, you know, review all the analytics, meet with Brian Gutekinds and Russ Ball, and you've got a million different things going on, right? It's really nice to have somebody else that has head coaching experience that can just be every once in a while to be like, hey, did you think of this? Hey, reminder of this. Hey, this is something that can really help in these type of situations. Hey, I know that you know you are used to going against these specific type of defenses, but remember this week we're playing this team and they are very heavy this oriented. And these are a bunch of things that concepts that can work against that type of like just those type of things. So whether or not Tim Lester is a great hire that's going to change the face of the Packers franchise, probably not, but I do like that they're bringing somebody in with that type of background. Now, the connection here is that 
Lester was the former Western Michigan starting quarterback. He was backed up at the time by one and only Matt LaFleur. So there is that connection there. But Lester comes in, former Western Michigan head coach, and becomes a senior analyst for the Packers. Meanwhile, they also hired Rob Grosso as an offensive quality control coach and Kyle Wilbur as a special teams quality control coach. Wilbur played for two different teams, both I think it was the Cowboys and the Raiders maybe, uh, for Rich Passaccia. So he has experience playing in Rich Passaccia's system. He will now be a quality control analyst and special teams specific quality control analyst uh, with the team. And that is again per Rob Domofsky. So that is the news on the coaching front, latest news there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that brings us to our main topic for today. And it's a blending of two topics that I'm actually have wanted to go over and it just, they fit together perfectly today. So I'm going to go there. And that's really about the Green Bay Packers offensive tackle position and what it could happen or what could or couldn't happen really over the next few weeks. Now, in all likelihood, I think there's a really, really strong chance that both David Bakhtiari and Yash Naishman are just on the team this upcoming year. That's the most likely scenario, right? However, what sort of reinvigorated some of these conversations were a couple tweets that went out on Wednesday. The first was Nate Tice of The Athletic, and I think he actually started it off in his podcast, but tweeted it out as well. He said that if he were an NFL GM, he would very much be interested in picking up Yash Nyman for a second round pick. And if you're wondering where that second round pick compensation comes for, remember that he is a restricted free agent likely to get a second round tender, which is where that comes from. So more on that in just a moment, but that sort of kicks off this conversation is could some team actually go after Yash Nyman on a restricted free agent deal and could Green Bay actually get that second round pick in return? More on that in just a moment, because before we can get to that decision, there's another situation that came up that we also need to discuss. 
And that is Tom Silverstein, who tweeted out and suggested that maybe Aaron Rodgers would want his best friend on the Jets, and could David Bakhtiari be packaged with Aaron Rodgers in some capacity? So let's start first with Bakhtiari and then make our way to Yash Naiman, because I will talk about this as well, but it's very unlikely that you would both move David Bakhtiari in the deal and then lose Yash Naiman as well. Maybe not entirely impossible, but very unlikely, right? So let's start with Bakhtiari. And I think if we're going to start with Bakhtiari, we need to look at his contract first. So the first thing to know with David Bakhtiari is that he is one of the last opportunities for Green Bay to clear additional salary cap space. And to be clear, even with the moves they've made recently, they need to clear additional salary cap space. Something, something will happen with David Bakhtiari's contract in the coming weeks before his roster bonus is set to come due. They are going to have to figure out something. The most likely scenario is a restructure, but there are some complexities there as well. A maximum restructure of David Bakhtiari per Ken Ingles is $12 million, all right? On a basic restructure, meaning you don't need his permission and you're not using a bunch of future void years, a basic restructure, again, doesn't need Bakhtiari's permission, would be a $7.5 million savings, all right? If he is traded, if he is traded or technically released, but that's probably not going to happen. So if he's traded, you do have a $5.7 million savings pre-June 1st on this year's salary cap. So it's not nothing, but it's not as much as they would ideally like, especially if they were to be able to do a max restructure with Bakhtiari, which would clear 12 million in salary cap space and allow them a lot more flexibility this offseason. And I'm very much willing to bet that they would love to do that $12 million restructure and clear up space, especially if they trade Aaron Rodgers and take on additional salary cap hits because they're trading him away. However, this gets complicated as well because David Bakhtiari had opportunities to do max void contract restructures in the past and did not do so. Green Bay and Bakhtiari were not able to come to some sort of agreement to make it to make them able to do that. Remember that they do need Bakhtiari's permission to do that. So if he is not super excited about adding void years to his deal, which is a little bit of a bummer because it doesn't really affect the player all that much, but if he's not willing to do that, then you're looking at instead of being able to save and which really affects the Packers, if it if you're not able to save that 12 million, then the most you can do on a basic restructure that doesn't need his permission again is 7.5 million savings. And the difference between 5.7 mil if traded and 7.5 million on a restructure isn't that great. So there is an opportunity there if Bakhtiari is not willing to do the full restructure, which means that if this starts to pick up a little bit and Rodgers wants Bakhtiari on the Jets, that Bakhtiari actually, maybe him and Aaron are talking and Bakhtiari wants to go with him. And Bakhtiari and his agent then can play a little bit of hardball and say, hey, we're, we're not doing the max void restructures. So you can rule that out. The most you can save on a basic restructure is 7.5. If you trade me, you still get 5.7 and you actually get something in return. Now, here's the hard part, right? Value for David Bakhtiari is insanely hard to judge because he's getting up to that, you know, 30 plus age. 
and he's had the knee issues. And while it seems like those knee injuries are behind him, there is a significant risk with a player like that. Plus, if he gets attached to an Aaron Rodgers trade and this all goes through, remember, players need to pass physicals as well. And that could be a bump in the road. The worst thing that you could have happen is that you trade Bakhtiari and Rodgers to the Jets, Bakhtiari fails his physical, and the whole thing sort of disintegrates from underneath, right? So there might be, at minimum, some benefit to trading them separately, uh, or at least making sure that the Jets are going to sign off on it almost no matter what. And that might be the case because Aaron could theoretically say, hey, if you don't get Bach, I'm not playing this year. So they could just sign off on it no matter what. And Rodgers and Bakhtiari, like I said, do have some ability there to actually play the system a little bit and kind of look out for themselves. So the the weird news, I guess, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I, probably bad news is that it's very tough to gauge Bakhtiari's value, which could start throwing a wrench into Jets and Packers conversation as they try to figure that piece of it out. The good news, if you're the Packers, is that because Bakhtiari's value is so hard to assess, there's probably not a team that's like super excited to go out and offer an exorbitant deal for Bakhtiari in a trade because of his contract situation, because of the risk with his knee and just all of that, right? So this is an opportunity where if you're Green Bay to get off of his deal this year and not have any future salary cap hits for David Bakhtiari and actually get value in return for him, which you should because he's arguably probably not the best left tackle because that's going to go to Trent Williams, but maybe number two, number three, number four, best left tackle in football, even at this stage in his career, even after all the injuries, he's that freaking good. And on top of that, the Jets very much need a tackle. They need a David Bakhtiari, especially if they're going all in on one season. And from the Jets standpoint, the risk of David Bakhtiari and his knee is mitigated because they're already all in on this one season if they're going with Aaron Rodgers, right? So all they need is Bakhtiari to stay healthy for one more year. Ideally, they would get more than that because he has two years left on his deal, but they are all in on this season. So the risk long-term with Bakhtiari is a little bit less because the window is right now with Aaron Rodgers. Whereas with Jordan Love and Bakhtiari, the window is not right now. If you're Green Bay, if the value's not there, you're willing to just keep Bakhtiari and let Rogers, or excuse me, let Love play behind one of the best left tackles in football and give him, you know, not having to worry about his blind side on top of everything else in his first season as a starter. So you don't mind that. But if all of a sudden there's a team that's willing to offer you significant value for David Bakhtiari, that becomes so much more of a consideration. And even more so if it's what you need to do to get off of Aaron Rodgers and maybe up that ante and maybe get that number 13 pick. And, you know, we talk about all the trade value and things like that. Well, adding a David Bakhtiari into that deal could certainly sweeten the pot a little bit. Now, from a additional salary cap standpoint here, Green Bay would take on $23.1 million in dead salary this season, but they would still save $5.7 million overall. So they do have that a little bit of savings there, just not as much if they could get him on a max restructure, technically not as much even if they did a basic restructure. The Jets would take on basically a two-year $39 million deal, $17.5 million this year, $21.5 million next year. It would be completely non-guaranteed, meaning that if something did happen to him or he didn't play the same next year, they could get off of that $21.5 completely and not have to pay him a penny of that. Now with the 17.5, that would be tough for the Jets based on where they're at from a salary cap standpoint. However, they would be able to restructure the heck out of that and... In that situation, Bakhtiari, because he would get to play with Rodgers, 
probably willing to do the void contracts with the Jets at that point so they could max restructure him and save a ton of money, which would be what would likely happen. So there is an opportunity for the Jets to get that lower, but it would equate to a two-year $39 million deal overall. As mentioned, non-guaranteed. And like I said, Bakhtiari and Rodgers could play a little bit of hardball here with the Jets and Packers if they wanted to. Overall, a trade with Bakhtiari added to it does make some sense. You actually get value for Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari and Rodgers remain together. The Jets need Bakhtiari. And Green Bay still has options at tackle in that situation, right? You've got Yash Nyman still. You've got Zach Tom. You still have the ability to kick out Elton Jenkins if you really wanted to. And you have now two top 15 picks potentially, which you could go after a Paris Johnson or Skaronsky or, you know, Thomas, any of those guys, right? So like there, there are some real opportunities to, um, to maybe improve the roster at offensive tackle and still be okay. So they could, it could make some sense. And I know a lot of people are like, man, we got to lose Rodgers. Now we got to lose Bakhtiari too. That's a tough pill to swallow. But remember, we talk about windows all the time and Bakhtiari's window probably does not match up with the next window, whether that be Jordan Love or whomever it is when you're trying to win your next Super Bowl. So getting value in return for Bakhtiari and maybe allowing you to get that number 13 pick could have, uh, could ultimately make sense for the Packers, could make sense for Rodgers, could make sense for Bakhtiari, could make sense for the Jets as well. And that brings us to Yash Nyman. So let's assume that Bakhtiari is probably back, right? Because it does just complicate the trade in general by trying to add Bakhtiari to it. So let's just assume that he is back. Now you've got this interesting situation with Yash Nyman, who is a restricted free agent. And he is very likely to get a second year tender from the Green Bay Packers, which does equate to a one-year $4.3 million deal. But remember, when they put the second round tender on him, he is able to sign deals with other teams. And if he would ultimately sign with that other team, Green Bay would get a second round pick in return from that team. So that is how it works. We have to remember that these things do not happen often at all. It is very, very rare that you see a restricted free agent get a tender, a second round or above, sign with the new team, and the team actually doesn't match it and takes the, the pick in return. And the reason that that is, is because there are a plethora of offensive tackles on the free agent market that are unrestricted free agents. So if you're going to sign a offensive tackle to an exorbitant deal, right? If you're going to sign a big deal offensive tackle that can be a starter, kind of just use the money to go get one that's available in free agency and save your second round pick. Or grab an offensive tackle in the first two round of the draft, two rounds of the draft and save your money. Like you're basically giving up two assets, free agent money that you can go out and find a player on its own and a second round pick. Like you'd probably be better off if we're being real to just go out and find what let's say Yash gets a four year, $40 million deal on the free agent market, right? You'd probably be better off just signing the best tackle you can get for four years, 40 million in unrestricted free agency and going and drafting a tackle in the second round. And you'd probably be better off in that situation than just getting Yash Nyman, right? Which is why these deals are so hard to actually come up with, but is because teams are usually unwilling to give an exorbitant contract and a high draft pick for a player that is a restricted free agent. So these deals just very much usually do not happen. But as Nate Tice mentioned, Yash has been a solid starting tackle. He's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. 
And that is very valuable. He's still only 27 years of age and he's going to have value in this league, whether it be this year or next year when he's an unrestricted free agent. So it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that some team could really want Yash and maybe make a ridiculous offer. And also remember, if some team really did want Yash Nyman, it would not be hard to structure a contract that Green Bay just couldn't match. Imagine you're a team like the Chicago Bears, who has a ton of salary cap space, and they just front load the heck out of the deal. If they front load the heck out of the deal, Green Bay just is not going to be able to do that, and they're going to lose out on that player, right? So Green Bay would Green Bay has to know that if they put a second round tender on him, that if some other team signs him, they're just going to get a second round pick because they're probably not going to be able to match it based on where they're at with the salary cap. If all of a sudden Bakhtiari leaves, if they really wanted to cover themselves, if they did trade Bakhtiari, they'd probably want to put a first round tender on him, which is going to pump that contract up to over $6 million instead of over 4.3. But at least in that situation, if you lose him, you're going to get a first round pick in exchange and far fewer teams, if any team would be interested in doing that. So if Green Bay was worried about losing him and didn't want to, they just bump it up to a first round tender and then they would basically ensure themselves that they're not going to lose Bakhtiari or lose Yash Nyman, and he basically plays on a one-year six-plus million dollar deal and then is an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So looking at how I view Yash, I think he's fine. I've had in the last two years as a starting tackle, basically, I had a grade of negative 3.05 and negative 2.40. It's fine. It's a swing tackle. You're He's, he's okay. Like you, you can put him in the game and you're not going to lose because of him. You're usually not going to have to change your offense all that much. You can put him out there and be fine, but he's not going to be the guy that wins you the game either. It's fine. PFF had a 63.2 grade on him in 2020, uh, or 2021 and a 63.1 grade on him in 2022. All right. So that's a very average grade. But as I've said in the past, remember, even an average to slightly below average offensive tackle has a lot of value because there's just not very many of those. Like that is that is still an upper echelon offensive lineman in today's NFL because offensive linemen are so bad in today's NFL. So even though he's like fine, like fine actually has a ton of value out there for teams because there's not a lot of fine offensive tackles. So he will have value. Again, he just turned 27. I, I think if you look at the contracts, like Big V, who was a backup swing tackle for the Eagles in 2019, I want to say, or 2018. I think the, the Lions signed him in 2019 or 2020 and took a chance on him. They signed him to a five-year, $45 million deal with $20 million guaranteed. That could be something that makes sense. The four years, $40 million sounds about right. If some team wanted to make an aggressive move at him, front load the heck out of it so Green Bay can't match it, but you're going to give up a, a second round pick to the Packers in that situation. So We'll see if it does come to fruition from a Packers standpoint, they put the second round tender on him. And if some team actually does sign him to this deal, again, they're probably not going to be able to match it anyway, but you're probably not super interested in matching it anyway, because you don't have the salary cap space. And if, even if you get him on the one, like the the one year, $4.3 million tender, you have to remember that he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. And you could still have David Bakhtiari under contract next year. That's a possibility. You Zach Tom will still be under contract. Jenkins can always kick out. You could have drafted one of those top offensive tackles in this year's draft. That's not out of the realm of possibility. So 
I don't know that they would sign him to a big deal. It very much could be that this is just a one-year, $4.3 million deal for Yash Nyman this season, and then you lose him next season just for nothing. And maybe you get like a fourth or fifth round comp pick in the following year if he signs a big deal somewhere else. But you have to be prepared that if even if you bring him back on the one-year restricted free agent tender this year, that there's a good chance you lose him in 2024. Or if you keep him, are you really super excited that you're the one that's paying Yash a huge contract to stick around? Like I said, it's fine, but I don't know that that's the way that you want to spend your money anyway. In the meantime, if some team's basically willing to give you a second round pick for a guy that you could lose or have to pay an exorbitant contract to next season, I, th- I think you jump. I think you're super excited. I, there's no question. You you take the second round pick every single day in that scenario. So if some team, in my opinion, wants to sign Yash to a huge contract, awesome for Yash. Green Bay gets a second round pick. That team gets their starting offensive tackle. Green Bay probably still has Bakhtiari, Zach Tom, some really young uh, fun lottery tickets and Rashid Walker and Luke Tenuta and Caleb Jones, etc. Like I'm totally, totally fine with that. So I, that would be great. Do I see it happening? No, but if they can get a second by all means. And then the last thing is could both happen, right? Could they trade David Bakhtiari and then put a second round tender on Yash and some team signs him and they take the second round pick for Yash. I think the odds of either happening are probably not great. I think the odds of both happening are extremely not great, but I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. Again, if you get great value on Bakhtiari in the trade, or it's just basically the price of doing business to get Aaron to New York, that's possible. So you make that move in its own vacuum. And then when you get to the Yash situation, regardless of whether Bakhtiari is back or not, I think you still have to look at it as, hey, we get a second round pick for this tackle who might only play for us for one more year. And I think you have to do that too. And meanwhile, in worst case scenario, in worst case scenario, right, you can still put Elton at left tackle, Zach Tom at right tackle, Myers at center, John Runyon Jr. at left guard. And yeah, you have an open spot open. At worst case is probably Royce Newman, which is not great, but you've got Royce Newman, Jake Hansen. You've got a Sean Ryan coming back. You've got, um, you know, certainly two top 15 picks to play with that could ultimately end in one of those top offensive tackles, which allows you to put Elton Jenkins back inside. Even if you don't take a tackle in the first, you could easily take a guard or a tackle in the second that's able to compete for one of those spots too. So to me, I I think you, you make each of those decisions independently. And if the Bakhtiari piece makes sense in the deal with the Jets and you get great value for it, then do it. And if you can get a second round pick for Yash Nyman, you do it. And you sort of figure out the rest later. I said, ultimately, if I were betting today, my guess, Bakhtiari back in Green Bay, Yash Nyman back in Green Bay, but it will be interesting to see how this tackle position plays out. And as we look at this offensive line right now, you might be, you know, you look at it and you're like, all right, Bakhtiari back, Jenkins back, Runyon, Josh Myers, you've got Zach Tom, Yash Nyman able to compete. You're probably going to add some offensive linemen. You've got some young lottery tickets that could pay off. Like you're looking pretty good right now overall in the offensive line. You got Jake Hansen and Royce Newman down at the you know back that have played snaps for Green Bay. It's looking pretty decent, but it, it could take a couple twists and turns along the way if if a couple of these things do end up coming to fruition. So we shall see. 
who knows? Who knows what's going to happen over these next couple of weeks for your Green Bay Packers? It is going to be wild. It is going to be crazy. Make sure you are subscribed. If you are not there, like I said, it's going to be new stuff every single day. That's going to be exciting and crazy and interesting. So uh, make sure to check it out here every day on the Pack a Day podcast. I'm going to be covering you guys 365. So you won't want to miss it. I appreciate you being here. I'll see you guys tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.